0: Listener production. They're cleaning spills and splitting bills. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast.
1: Well, Alex Dyson, did you see the Rolling Stone top 500 songs yesterday? No, they've done a new one. Did you not? Yeah, they did one. They did one 20 years ago. They mentioned they made the fact that like you know, Billie Eilish was three years old back then. The world's (laughs) changed. Yep. And there's a few more entrants that are willing to be considered. All right.
2: What? Was joking and should have been higher. You got to tell me what was what was your joking? What was the your joking do you know moment?
1: Do you know what? I'm gonna I, I'm I'm gonna tell you a few of my surprises and a few of the things that I thought were good later. Okay, all right? I've just realised I was thinking about doing it in the intro. There's too much to talk about. <laughs> Let's do it later. All right.
2: Okay? We'll get into the nitty gritty because I tell you what. If our mate from Finland isn't in the top ten. I'm going to be extremely disappointed in what was a once fine organisation over at Rolling Stone. Uh, But we'll get into that very soon. We've also got a big guest on the show. Osher Ginsberg is going to be joining us to chat about uh, one of the most important TV shows going to air this Sunday night. Not the masked singer that he's on, um, although it is very important. Celebrities dancing in um pavlova uniforms uh but he's also got a show over on sbs it's called a matter of life and death he's taking a look at the uh yeah the mental health crisis that uh is affecting australia and the world it's something super important something that's touched us recently Uh, we will be getting to that later on i'm sure it'll get very heavy heavy. if you're not in the mood for that today totally understandable yeah a bit of a content warming warning later on as we do touch on themes of suicide and mental health but yeah, he's always a great chat. He's so open with it, and he approaches it in a really positive way and a really non-judgmental way. So it would be great to catch up with Osha
1: a little bit later on in the show as well. Yeah, we might also have a movie chat, and we'll be digging into the fridge for some leftovers. It's a beautiful Friday. Let's get into it. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Hello. This is just the
3: start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go,
1: here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Well, Alex, before we get started, we should talk about the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, in that I believe the elephant has a name. I've just forgotten it, so I think I'll call him Pal. Pal? <laughs> I'm making a reference to Joe Biden, for God's sake. Oh.
2: <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> you, you mean that fella, fella down under? I want to thank uh,
3: that fella down under. Thank you very much, pal. Appreciate it, Mr Prime Minister.
2: Oh, Mate. That's, that's a tough one. Oh, I, mean, I it's so it only, hard. Only would have been worse if Joe Biden was having sex with Scott Morrison at the time <laughs> and <it> forgot <laughs> forgot the name. I mean, <laughs> la- launching a nuclear submarine deal is probably up there with intercourse, but whew. That's uh that's a tough one. And then you see Peter Dutton go to give Oh, give please elbows. don't know I
1: melt I couldn't I couldn't watch <laughs> with the dipole elbow bump and it was the worst elbow bump I've ever didn't even know what to do.
2: Yeah, it was really really tough. We've
1: been tough. bumping elbows for 18 months now.
2: He started doing like a a, a power fist or something. It was, <laughs> yeah, oh, it was just <laughs> absolutely cringeworthy, these people. <laughs> anyway, um so is that addressed? You we, we we done with that? Yeah, look, that's all I wanted to say about that. Okay, good. Let's get on to never, never forgotten the name.
1: No, yeah, look, uh, look, I've I've resorted to just merely saying any name, and when they go, just taking it, it,
2: you're just thinking, well, it's got to be something, and just throwing a name out there. Just saying
1: any name, right? This is my little trick, okay? Yeah, you've got to have you've got to have three people there. Okay, so you don't know one person's name, you don't know person A's name, and you you know person B or whatever. You're talking about person A and you just say any name, literally any name. So let's say I'm talking about Bron, right? Bron's here, and Bron's I, I'm talking about Bron. I go, I go, Oh yeah, me and Deb went to uh, you know the lunch just before. And then and then you two will look at each other and go, What? And and then Alex, you'll say, Do you mean Bron? And I'll go. Ah, oh, sorry. What did I say? And then they say, and then you say you said you said Deb. And I'll go. Ah, oh, no, no, no. That's oh, that's because I was reading something about this girl called Deb. Right. So I'm sorry about that prawn. That's fine. My- that
2: is high risk, low reward <laughs> technique there, Matt, for finding out a name. I'm not sure if I'll try it myself.
1: Uh, but if you don't want to use my methods, that's fine. <laughs> All right. But I'm telling you, it's just a good, it's a good way. Um, <laughs> well, I remember
2: someone being impressed it. with my method one time, which was when which, I was talking normally and going, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, I totally blanked on your name. You know, something like that. And then they tell you and then you move on.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's fine, except if you've <laughs> known someone for, you know, two years sometimes. Yeah, there is a point where that becomes how inappropriate. How yeah.
2: Yeah, if you're, you know. look, Joe Biden couldn't have used either of our methods. We'll just put it down to that. Okay. So sorry. Um, Prime Minister of Australia I totally blanked on your
1: name right there. Or if um, he just goes, thanks, Boris, and thanks, Jim. And everyone goes, uh, do you mean Scott? Why? What did I say? Jim? Oh, I was listening to The Doors recently. Jim Morrison. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> All Sorry, right,
2: let's Scott. Let's get on to the, the real <laughs> issues, not international diplomacy, Madokine, and that is ranking music. Something that we are very, very uh, experienced at, and so take uh, a big interest when uh, some other people try to have a crack. What did uh, What did old Rolling Stone have to do? Are they as good as the people of Australia?
1: Well, look, okay. So the way that they've apparently done it is they've asked more than two hundred fifty artists, musicians, and producers. Okay, to rank their personal top 50s okay, before combining all of everyone's results, et cetera, forming this top 500. So it's not just a a
2: committee of 10 deciding on a merit-based 200. It's literally like from the votes.
1: Yes, uh, and a lot of votes at that. So the last time they did this, I believe, was in 2003. And number one was Bob Dylan, Like a Rolling Stone. Well um, I mean did people go, Oh,
2: is that just cause the name of your magazine?
1: I mean, honestly. <laughs> well, then you gotta wonder because number two was the Rolling Stones. Oh, I can't okay. get my satisfaction. Okay. Guess, well, so. What are we what are we doing here? <laughs> really? Number three was the stone roses. No, that okay, <laughs> wasn't. Um with but, roll On. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um but look a lot's changed since 2003 um and so so have the musical tastes of many of these artists producers and musicians interesting here's ones that stood out for me yep. personally be it good or bad okay there was three in a row in the 90s that I liked okay 96 Jay-Z's, 99 problems 95 At what was always 90, 96
2: okay. Well, yeah. it's better than putting it number number 99 and being as transparent as they were with the Rolling Stones <laughs> one and two double. So well done. Number, Summer of number 69,
1: 90- number 69. It's like, okay, there's a pattern going on here. <laughs> number 95 was Oasis Wonderwall, which, lo and behold, 95 was the year that it became number one in the hottest 100. Ah, Conspiracy. There you go. 94, Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. Pretty okay, good. So that, that little trio there, I kind of like that trio. I yeah. like all those songs. I mean, we
2: were at that stage, you're like, well, these are pretty big songs and we're still in the 90s. I mean, what's I know, coming right?
1: up? All right. So here we go. 71, Tracy Chapman, Fast Car. Yep. Beautiful. What a song. Almost makes me cry, that song. Yeah, it's great. Every time I listen to it, just feel sad. No, 61. One of the many singles like
2: that have got the, uh, the summer remix recently. <laughs> um, oh, no, did it?
1: What, the that, Euro drop, like yeah. people with blue drinks in Euro summer car. lounges. I'm
2: singing this song for TikTok. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's the complete opposite of that vibe. Anyways, <laughs> number 61, Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven. Okay, the, number 50.
2: Okay, so we're, getting the, the, we're one, starting to get to the business end.
1: This is the one in the top 100, yep. right, that threw me just a little.
2: Was it Shakira, Hips Don't Lie? Daddy Yankee, Gasolina. No. <laughs> yes. The 50 50. Greatest, 50th greatest song of all time.
1: Better than Wonderwall, better than Tracy Chapman, Fast Car, better wow. than Led Zeppelin, <laughs> Daddy wow. Yankee.
2: Wow. <laughs> you can't have a fast car without a little bit of Gasolina, so... <laughs> Makes a bit right, of sense. right, let's
1: count down really quickly. A few others that stuck out for me. Top Kanye song was Runaway, uh, at number 25. Number 17, Bohemian Rhapsody. All right? <sighs> yeah. And do you know what? It's only recently that I've just realized that it is, I know the word bohemian is with an N. Yeah. I've been saying bohemian for my whole life. <laughs> bohemian Rhapsody. I bohemian. Just, that's just what I've... That's what I've been saying. Anyway, 16, <laughs> Jay-Z, Jay-Z and Beyonce, Crazy in Love, which is an absolute jam. And in the same league as that is number 10, Outkast. Hey-ya. All right, wow. let's go in the top 10 right now. Number nine, Fleetwood Mac Dreams. Number eight, Missy Elliott, Get Your Freak On. <sighs> no,
2: <Nah>, sorry. No, <laughs>
1: number no you've, seven. You've
2: lost me there because <laughs> Missy Elliott has better songs than that. So <laughs> I know. You know, so to put that in there, I don't know about that. Get your freak on for that one. Yeah.
1: Number seven, The Beatles, Strawberry Fields Forever. Number six, Marvin oh, Gaye. What's going on? Again, The
2: Beatles have better songs.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, I know. I reckon. <laughs> hey, Jude, would you be up there for me? Yeah. Um, number five, Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit. All right. I mean,
2: yeah, it's got to be up Bob there. Bob
1: Dylan, Like a Rolling Stone. Number four, We're Dropping Back. Number three, Sam Cooke, A Change is going to Come from 1964. Now, I got to tell you, I listened to it didn't even recognise it. Yeah, okay? really. I'm just, might be, might be a bit out of touch. Yeah, I've heard that, but it's, for those
2: ones, it's really tough because if it was better than Bob Dylan, I mean, did it get more momentum in the last 20 years? I
1: well, don't that's know. that's the thing. Like, why? how did, How come it's changed now? It's, it's a generational yeah. jump. All right, and then the next two, rounding it out. Number two, Public Enemy, Fight the Power. Good, and, and then Darude Sandstorm round, <laughs> rounding it out.
2: Well, wow, what a list it was. <laughs> Rolling Stone, I mean, at least they Bro, got it right in the end. What?
1: Uh, you, if you think uh, Gasolina was bad at number no. 50. don't tell me no, the number no, one's no. a no. Number one's, killer. one's amazing. Aretha Franklin, respect, okay? Yep.
2: All good. Cannot disagree.
1: Yep. But I Googled Rolling Stone, Sandstorm, Darude. Donuts. All right. A big old Krispy Kreme factory. I don't think it even made the top 500. What? So there you go, Rolling Stone. You've embarrassed yourselves again. Do they think electronic music? Do they think that that doesn't exist? I don't think they think at all. I don't think they're using their noggins. <sighs> We're sorry to deliver such terrible news on a on a Friday morning. Tell you what, honestly,
2: they say a rolling stone gathers no moss, but I tell you what, it gathers a big old pile of shit. <laughs> it's rolled through a big fat one right there. Why excluding? <laughs> Including the greatest EDM song of all time. (laughs) That magazine is like Maddokine come the 29th and 30th of the month. It has no credit. (laughs) No credibility. (laughs) Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A
4: seventh coffee never hurt anyone. I feel a buzz.
2: All right. Okay. Marshy, Chris Marsh, audio producer, in the room. Hello, mate. Hi, guys. You're about to give us some movies, but
3: before we do that, what did you say when you walked in? I said there's about 12 Beatles songs that are better than Strawberry Fields Forever. Yep. Um, And we were listing off a few that we liked. (laughs) And then, (laughs) Matt, what did you say? (laughs) I called it strawberry kisses. Okay,
2: oh, I you forgot. I just.
1: <laughs> it's tricky, Nickyness.
2: <laughs> I mean, but strawberry again, kisses is better than strawberry fields forever. There exactly. you go. Is Nikki?
1: Where was Nicky? Absolutely. Anyways, look, Chris Marsh, um, we are here to chat some movies. How are you? I'm right. Yeah. The, the irony being that we
3: made a new intro at the start of this year because finally we were allowed out and allowed to go back to the movies, <laughs> but now we can go back to the original intro. Here are some films that I'd like to see up on the silver screen. But I am stuck in my house because of COVID-19. Yes,
2: from music to movies, Marshy, what has been making news in that world?
3: Well, we saw a couple of headlines that made us laugh, so we, we thought we'd <laughs> bring them up for your attention. Uh, the first one was an article entitled, Nicholas Cage refuses to watch new movie where he plays a neurotic, anxiety-ridden version of Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cage, right. I mean,
2: he's had an interesting career. I mean, obviously peeking at the Sean Connery-led film The Rock, in which he has to um, break into Alcatraz. Um, in order to stop some rockets getting fired over the um, no populace.
1: Yeah. face off was was his face <laughs> was off absolutely was absolutely his his pinnacle. Conair, oh, actually,
2: yeah, the, his haircut in Conair is the pinnacle of that. Oh man, I can't tell you how many Just times I've watched Conair off um, off a video. You're my hummingbird. Anyway,
3: anyway, uh, he's <laughs> in this new film called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. The in it the plot is, uh He's Nicolas Cage playing Nicolas Cage, a Mexican billionaire Nick Cage superfan played by Pedro Pascal, who's a drug lord, kidnaps his wife and daughter and forces Nicolas Cage to recreate his iconic roles in movies. (laughs) (laughs) Nicolas Cage did a Collider interview and said this. I'm never going to see that movie. I'm told it's a good movie, but it's just too much of a whacked
2: out trip for me to go to a movie theatre and watch me play some... Tom Gormakin's highly neurotic, Mm anxiety-ridden version of me, (laughs) because he kept pushing me in that direction. Mm -hmm. He said, well, neurotic cage is the best cage, I said, "Uh, okay, okay, (laughs) let's go, man. I'll do what you want. (laughs) I won't see it, but I do hope you enjoy it.
3: (laughs) 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 He's not going to go to the premiere of the new film. (laughs) So, yeah, Nick Cage will never see the uh, neurotic version of Nick Cage. The other one that, that caught our eye is the title "Twin Sequel Triplet Set. Okay. Tracy Morgan joins Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito and director Ivan Reitman in a new version <laughs> in a sequel oh to Twins. Okay. so
2: this, this, I mean, for for those of you who weren't born in... When did the first one come out?
1: Was it 89 or something? 92? This is saying it's 33 years since it came out. (sighs) Well, it was where
2: Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger were twins, but. Um, Arnold got all the good genes and Danny got stuck with the the off cuts. So the sequel, they have Tracy Morgan playing the triplet. So I don't know how they're going to bring this into into play, Marshy.
3: Quote, here is the premise. Secretly, there was a third baby born who was black and hadn't been in touch with his siblings. They don't know each other, but very early in the
1: movie they meet and they all achieve a bond together. It's really a family film. I'm looking at ages, by the way. So Arnold Schwarzenegger is, according to Wikipedia, is seventy-four years old. Danny DeVito is seventy-six years old. Tracy Morgan is fifty-two years old.
2: (laughs) Apparently, what's
1: the what's the phrase? What?
3: Oh, (laughs) I know what you're thinking.
1: (laughs) I'll be black. (laughs) Is that the phrase? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I
2: don't know. <laughs> uh, no, I was thinking of black. Don't, don't crack. crack yeah. I've, seen, oh, I've, yeah, I've right. seen them say okay. that on, on television before. I have no knowledge of the of, of it at all, and so I'm not in any position to uh, to come out and start throwing the phrase around too much. But
3: I'll be black. <laughs> no. <laughs> Apparently, it was all from a throwaway line from Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Who said, oh, I should have been the triplet. And they went, great idea. What? Oh, Wrote wow. the film. When did he, like, he said that relatively recently. Yeah, started a script with Eddie, but after all the success he had with his Coming to America sequel on Amazon Prime, suddenly he's heavily booked and we thought, ah, oh, we really want to make this. We'll just get Tracy Morgan.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I mean, Eddie's a little bit older at least. He's 60, so that would have fit a little bit better, but... um. God, that would have been powerhouses. Eddie Murphy, Trace, I mean, uh, Arnold and Danny DeVito. Goodness gracious.
3: So, yes, supposedly shooting next year in Boston. Okay, and then we'll get to watch it in three years or something? Who knows? Goodness me. Speaking of upcoming movies that we're all seriously excited for, there's been some uh, major trailers drop of recent The Matrix 4 Resurrections had its first trailer drop recently. We're going back into The Matrix. Most of the cast are back, including some new additions um, like uh, Neil Patrick Harris and Jonathan Groff, who you might know from Mm. uh, Hamilton. So that's really exciting. Australia, unfortunately, getting it a few weeks after the rest of the world. We're not going to get it till January the 1st. It is coming out in December, most of the other places. But, yeah, Matrix Resurrections. Can they... Breathe some life into a franchise where the second and third movies were much derided, although I think probably too harshly. I quite enjoyed the sequels. Mm -hmm. Whether they learned some of their lessons about less, less in the real world, more time in the Matrix... Everyone enjoyed the fight scenes and the stuff that happened in the Matrix yeah, more than the yeah. out-in-the-real-world fighting the machines underground.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, so um, hopefully they learned those lessons. The trailer alludes to that phenomenon that we've seen recently, you know, kind of Force Awakens style of just going back and telling the same story, of just going, oh, so... The trailer kind of goes. It's Neo discovering that he's in a matrix, and he takes a pill and go, and they go. Well, that's just the
2: first movie. <laughs> oh, I hope it
3: doesn't
1: do that again. Yeah, uh, they is and it, is it, is a big Have they got
3: Death Keanu Star-esque playing thing? Neo? Yeah, Keanu's in it. Carrie um, Anne Moss is back as Trinity. No mention yet of Fishburn. Help. Oh no! I didn't see uh, <coughs> Morpheus
2: in the trailer. No, also there is didn't a see
3: style character in the trailer as to whether that's his son or a different version of Morpheus. We'll wait and see. But
2: also didn't see our boy Hugo pop up. Uh, no, the Agent who has Smith. said
3: he would come back? But. We haven't seen yet that he's in it,
1: Mr. Anderson.
3: Yes, I don't it's understand what,
1: <laughs> what. Why? Why would they redo? Why would they redo him taking pills and stuff like that? Does he? Does he get out of the matrix or something? Have you seen the sequels? <laughs> okay, well, I guess we just got a spoiler alert.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we still we've seen a two minute trailer. We don't know exactly. There's yep. lots of theories floating around as to what it is. I mean, even in the second movie, the architect of the Matrix tells Neo that he is the sixth version of Neo that has come to see him. That this is that Neo is a, a virus within the Matrix that continues to happen, and they can't get rid of it, and they just reset the Matrix. So whether oh, this is Matrix that that was? is a reset,
2: <laughs> God damn it. I did a 20 years later to watch these full,
3: full podcast on explaining <laughs> the Matrix. Yeah. Marsh's Matrix. Uh. Speaking of breaking worlds, um, Spider Man No Way Home, which comes out in December, broke the record as the most watched trailer ever. <gasps> Got over 300 million views in 24 hours, what? which is crazy. I think I've just missed the Spider Man movies after he went emo. Is that Spider-Man 3? (laughs) So there's been three Spider-Man universes, right? We had Sam Raimi and Tobey Maguire, of which there were three movies. Yeah. Then Sony to hold on to the rights because they had to keep making Spider-Man movies or the rights would go back to Marvel. Really? Oh, Right, Is so, that
2: why they keep doing it? It's that's like, why
3: all of them keep doing it, because they have to keep making movies to hold on to the rights. If, if a certain number of years laps without them making a movie, they lose the rights. It's
1: like keeping the balloon off the ground or something. So much time. <laughs> I keep wondering, like, didn't we do the Spider-Man Origins thing like twice already? Now there's a third. Yeah,
3: so once they had enough for Tobey Maguire, they had to re- keep remaking it. So they rebooted with Andrew Garfield for two movies. That was the, the amazing Spider-Man movies. And then... Sony and Marvel did a deal in the MCU and Tom Holland took over. There's been two standalone Spider-Man, but he's also obviously been in Avengers movies. Now the third one is coming out, and the rumour that has the internet losing their mind is that in the multiverse that has now been broken open in the Loki TV series, and we and they have alluded to in the trailer, they think that Andrew Garfield and Toby Maguire are reprising their roles as previous Spider-Men's from other dimensions, and are going to okay. enter the universe. And they will have that meme that everyone has seen of
1: the three oh! Spider-Men approaching each other. now you got me back. You got me back. I was about to walk away from this garbage <laughs> and never turn my back again, but no, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm man. here for it. And there are still movies would do this.
2: It's so good that people are making movies off of uh, Eddie Murphy throwaway line, <laughs> making entire movies based off a popular <laughs> meme. This is the world we need to be living in,
3: Marshy. So, yeah, there are, there are leaked photos of Andrew Garfield on the set that people are losing their mind over. What almost confirms it to be true is the fact that in the trailer is Alfred Molina playing Doc Ock, who is the villain from Tobey Maguire's universe, right? Yeah. So they're bringing back the villains from those movies in a Sinister Six-style storyline. <laughs> Willem Dafoe's coming back as Green Goblin. Oh, yes. Confirmed. Um but also Look, I'm looking
2: forward to getting in tagged in lots of those screenshots again. God, <laughs> you do God, get goddamn, a lot of will on, don't you? <laughs>
3: And Jamie Foxx playing Electro from the Andrew Garfield universe. So we've got villains from both universes now coming into the MCU. So that's getting nerds everywhere super, super excited.
2: And so are they just going to be waiting for them to point at each other? Is that all everyone will be waiting for? There'll be a big cheer in the cinema when it
3: happens? That won't happen, but someone will CGI it or make it happen.
1: I'm looking forward to the 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 very first that boy gregory saladfinger's um <laughs> origins movie
3: <laughs> so many things coming for the end of the year very quickly we'll finally get bond our final oh. bond no time to die november 11 uh, june we're finally going to get the the big one from uh, villeneuve starring timothy chalamet um that everyone's looking forward to december 2nd and Free Guy, which has currently been in cinemas if you're in a part of Australia that can have a cinema, um, for us plebs, is going to be on Disney Plus by the end of September. So September 29th, if you want to watch Ryan Reynolds in Free Guy, which has got great reviews, uh, a, a movie about a guy stuck in a video game, um, it looks a lot of fun. That that'll be on Disney Plus for everyone to watch at the end of the month.
2: Fantastic, Marshy. Awesome. Although I was waiting, for, I was waiting for you for a while. I was like, I, yeah, but what movies being released in June? It's like no, the music movie Dune is oh, coming June. out yeah. later <laughs> in the year. Dune. Yes, I've seen the trailers for that. Looks cool. I think that's yeah. Because we've got the book at home, I started trying to read it. Couldn't couldn't get into it. It's so dense. The spice. So the spice. dense. Yeah. Um. So yeah, give me the movie anytime. Thank you very much, Marshy. We appreciate you Thanks popping by. Thanks,
3: guys. Bye. Order up.
4: Just how you like it.
3: Perfect. All day
2: breakfast. Matt it's time to welcome back to the show one of our favourite people to cu- to have on. Our discussions are always incredible. When this man joins us, you'll know him from all sorts of television programs, but probably one of his most important. is coming out very soon on SBS Sunday night. A Matter of Life and Death premieres at 8.30pm on SBS and SBS On Demand. It's a big uh, all-day breakfast. Welcome to Osher Ginsburg. G'day, Osha.
0: Hello, team. Thanks so much for having me back. Uh, are you guys all right? You good? Oh, uh, you know, I mean,
1: with... With this, I mean, because because I know where this conversation, you know, what it's about and the topic of your documentary, um, I'll, I'll, you know, get serious for a second here. I'm getting pretty tired of lockdown, man. Yeah. Um, it, it has been, I hit a wall about nine weeks, I reckon. Yeah. And now I'm just like, all right. The home daycare thing is very difficult. Yeah, and uh, I also, I just, I'm, um, you know, just I want to, I want to go to a gym again. <laughs> I want to go to a swimming pool. Mm. You know, yeah. things like the active the activeness. Anyway, sorry to just launch well, straight that's, into it, that's Howard, it, it? I know it.
0: I know what you're saying, and it's kind of tricky, and <laughs> that we're kind of hit with this constant, you know, barrage of uncertainty, and then you know, I listen to everyone's father dr norman swan in the mornings on the corona cast and he, and and tegan says so you're going to leave the house at 70 norman's like oh no f- no like, <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no, 80, 85, no, f- no. Like, oh, man. They've talked to Norman Swan's not believing what our government's telling us. And what the f- is going on with anything? Sorry, can I swear so much? I'm oh, you can. Yeah, we'll, we'll delete it. We're
2: uh, we're not live anymore. I mean, back when we were on live radio, Oshar would have been dumping all over the place uh, at, <laughs> at the moment. But no, sharing the frustration that many have. Matt hit the nine-week hump. I think I was on a six-week hump. It's fair to be on a one-day hump. There's no there's no right thing. Yeah. And that's what I love talking to you about, uh, particularly when it comes to mental health the idea of everyone having their own individual brain. There's not a one size fits all when it comes to mental health. And that's something you you absolutely cover in A Matter of Life and Death, which uh, is coming up on SBS. Can you tell us a little bit about, um, yeah, the idea for the show? Because you've been so open about mental health in the past, but when it came to going and actually investigating a lot of data, it's it's a really interesting look into not only the problem, but how on earth we're going to try and fix
0: it. Well, the the, the 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 good thing is, we come to the oh, spoiler alert. There's a lot of solutions, so it's not <laughs> like it's this massive problem we don't know what to do about it. You know, much like transitioning to a, you know a carbon neutral economy, we can do it. We don't have to wait for anything to get invented. It's all there. We just have to have the will to do it. Mm. Um, I guess I've been talking about this kind of stuff since I started my podcast in 2013, and having plenty of guests on talking about it. That led to me talking on stage about it, which led to writing a book and then doing live shows. And Because I was out there talking about this kind of thing. Uh, the folks at, at uh, the production company Loon, they were, they were looking to do this kind of film anyway and they went, okay, your story might be one that we can use as a, as a through line. So we got to talking and I was like, absolutely, yes, we have to do it because, I mean, at the time it was eight people a day when we said yes, and when we greenlit the project is now nine people a day in Australia will lose to suicide. Now you look at what we've done to our community, to our economy over the amount of deaths we're seeing from COVID-19, which is a pretty, like that's an appropriate response. Mm -hmm. I'd say, yeah, there's a lot of people dying and a lot of people at risk. We need to sort it out, but more people are dying. Like we'll lose 63 people this week uh, to suicide. Beyond that, 178 people will attempt today. All right. Now, If 63 people died every week on the airlines, they would close every airport tomorrow. (laughs) And to which no plane would take off in the country. Uh, you know, but it's because it's people we're losing people to suicide, everyone's too afraid to talk about it. But we have to talk about it because this is a devastating effect on our community. And not to mention that the people that we lose, but the people who attempt. Like that's 178 people who are feeling so horrible that they're thinking this is a you know, they're looking for a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And every one of those people has a mother, a father, a son, a daughter, brother, sister, you know, cousin, auntie, uncle, work, colleague that may be getting dragged down that hole with them. So we have to bloody talk about this, guys.
1: Absolutely. And, look, you, you've you mentioned in the show that you made that you were one of those 178 per day, At you know, and have been at some stages in your life. And when you talk about the family members that uh, get as you said, said dragged into that hole. You one of the things that jumps out at me is a moment in the show where you talk to your brother about a phone call that you say saved your life. Can you talk about that?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm eleven and half or so years sober now. And early on, when you're in the super secret sober club that I'm part of, they teach you before you pick up a drink, pick up the phone. Basically, what you're trying to do is. Try and use someone else's brain to think about the problem that you're facing because your brain is probably not doing a very good job of it because it's telling you having a drink is a good idea and you know that having a drink is not a good idea. So I knew I should call someone because this idea of finding a permanent solution to a temporary problem is coming up as a really good idea. I know that's not a good idea. I'm going to call someone who's not using my brain to come up with ideas. Uh, so I called my brother. Now, he we FaceTimed. Think he was living in Melbourne at the time. He lives in America with his husband now, but he was living in Melbourne at the time. He was the only person awake. I knew I was in the Middle East of all places when this happened. And we talked for about, I don't know, like 20 minutes and I was agitated. I was clearly having a bad time, but he didn't know what was at stake. I just needed to basically, you know, come up for air and, and, you know, look over the edge of the pool for a second, see that no, 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 the world looks okay to this person who I love and trust. So whatever's going on in my brain might not be what's actually happening. All right then, I can tread water for a little bit longer. And Mm -hmm. I hung up with him, went around the living hotel room for about five minutes before I started shouting at the walls and I called someone else and I did that for about six hours. Mm -hmm. And that, that kept me safe that night. That's it. And it's that connection with people
2: that, that is really identified in the documentary that can that can help because whether it's you're um, mentally alone and you're feeling super isolated or you're that as well as being actual isolated, because the the statistics when it comes to people who live not only in regional areas away from the city, but remote areas uh, is pretty uh, pretty dire when it comes to these pe- other people who are almost most
0: at risk. Absolutely. Unfortunately, in Australia, like many healthcare outcomes, we will post code unfortunately does dictate some of the outcomes you have uh, depending on what health crisis you're facing. And mental health is definitely one of those things. Thankfully, if this pandemic has given us anything, one of those things is um, telehealth is now available on Medicare uh, for everyone which is really, really great because if you're struggling uh, through a lockdown right now or you're struggling because of what the pandemic's done to your job or your career or your family, you can just, oh, I've just got a meeting. You can nip into a room that no one knows, has to know about, and you can talk to a psychologist. No one has to know you're talking to a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And, and you can actually talk to someone, which is an incredible thing. And, and don't discount. You mentioned being alone don't discount the power of podcasts in this because people know both of you. People know Matt and Alex and you are their podcast friends, okay? Mm -hmm. I have podcast friends. Will and Charlie don't know that they train with me every day, but they do. (laughs) Blind Boy doesn't doesn't know that I do. I lift weights with him every day, but we do. He's my podcast friend. You're people's podcast friends. And the sounds of your voices, the sound of you interacting as humans, does things to people and does things to people's brains. We're like, oh, no, there's other human beings out there dealing with the shit I'm dealing with. I'm not alone. This isn't we can we can do this because i'm not by myself here and so it's it's just super important to expose yourself to conversations uh, whether they'd be through hopefully through an actual person you know and care about but a podcast will do on some days it really will
2: absolutely there's there's nothing more clear than that earlier in the year osha we we were Um, faced with the unfortunate situation. The very close team member on All Day Breakfast did uh, pass away via suicide and it was, yeah, an absolute shock and a devastating situation to go through, particularly to those closest uh, to them. And yeah, that we had, you know, obviously it's something we have to talk about here on the show as it happened, and yeah, the outpouring of support around that podcast community—like people who hadn't been in the touch with the show either recently or at all—got uh, in touch. People had started these conversations, and it does show that that talking about this thing, albeit um, somewhat forced due to the the unfortunate circumstances, is the absolute best thing you can you can do. And reaching out is not something that uh, should be thought of as weakness or anything, it's it's an absolute uh, privilege to be able to go and talk and people would be absolutely honoured to have you talk about some really honest things to them, whether they be your close friends or people like us who, who do a podcast and we love the people we get to talk to every day.
0: Well, I'm, I'm really sorry that happened to your colleague and, and that's that's a real shame and this is just the sort of thing that we talk about in, in the film, that help-seeking behaviour has got this weird vibe in our community for some reason. But let's say, for example, I'm assuming both of you have a driver's license and you can both... Drive a car. Right? It took me a
2: while, but yes, yes. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs>
0: car, cars today are what they used to be—not your granddad's car, where you could fix with a coat hanger and a roll of gaff tape. No, cars mm. today—if something goes wrong with you, like it's got to get plugged into a computer, and someone's going to have to push a button—you're never going to attempt to do that by yourself. All right. So, if you—if your wheel alignment was out, and when you got to eighty, eighty-five, the car started to rattle and pull dangerously to the left, you wouldn't say, "All right, kids, pile in. We're driving to Newcastle." <laughs> oh, no, you put your family's life at risk. You're like, oh, so I can fix it. Like, are you sure, honey? You don't know mm. anything about mechanics. What are you doing? You've never touched anything more than a, the screwdriver to change a kid's toy battery. Similarly, why would you think that your ideas are going to help you with your own mental health? You can't fix a brain using the thinking of the brain that's in trouble. You actually you actually, actually have to use someone else's thinking. So putting up your hand and calling a mechanic is probably the smart thing to do if you're in the wheel alignment situation. But putting up your hand and getting in touch with a doctor is, is the smart thing to do when you're in a mental health situation. Mm. one of the
2: most profound options for me Osha watching it was someone who went to a um I guess it's say a house for people who are struggling quite profoundly oh, yeah. with mental health issues I uh, came in with suicidal thoughts and received um, just some compassion <laughs> from yeah. someone.
0: Mate, that's an incredible place it was a, it's a pilot program called Stride it's in uh, Western Sydney it's literally across the road from the Blackdown hospital and our camera guy Toby, after we filmed it, he turned around and said, you know, you want the problem with accident emergency or ER or whatever it's called in your part of the world. Um, He said, there's only a blood and guts door. There's (laughs) no, I'm having an anxiety attack door or I'm feeling suicidal door. Mm. So if you're having an anxiety attack or a panic attack or you're feeling suicidal, you're like, I need to get help and I go straight to ER. You'll sit in a very, very brightly lit room full of people who are bleeding from their head because they have just come in from a traumatic road accident or a street fight. And because you're not bleeding, you'll sit to the back of the line and you're sitting in this room full of screaming people for eight hours until they triage you and go, yeah, okay, you're up. Not a great place to be if you're in extreme mental distress. So across the road from the hospital is this place. It's just a suburban home. They're very purposed. And they bring you into the kitchen and they deliver empathy and compassion as an intervention as a prescribed intervention, sit you down and go, okay, how can we help? What's going on? All right then. Well, here's what we'll do. Like, have you ever tried to, like, check into hospital for even an elective procedure? It's hard oh. to do when you're feeling good. <laughs> Could you imagine filling out those forms when your your brain's trying to convince you the world is ending? Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll sit you down and go, okay, well, here's a service that can help you look after your kids. Here's how we can help you get some groceries. All right, have you got this person to call? Have you that cup And they'll just kind of shepherd you through the intake process to get you the best help you possibly can. And it is incredibly effective. It is amazingly effective.
1: Well, be so we thank you so much for holding this subject into the light so that we can all take a deep dive into it uh the documentary is called osha gunsberg a matter of life and death it premieres this sunday at 8 30 p.m on sbs and you'll be able to catch it on sbs on demand after that and also don't forget if you are seeking help please don't hesitate to get in touch with a service such as lifeline who you can call on 131114. three double one one four. osha gunsberg thank you so much for joining us and congrats again
0: no worries man you can watch on channel 10 I'll finish screaming Take It Off at 8.30 and then you can flick over SBS and go, I am here to talk to you about this. Well, we're, we're just <laughs> hoping bananas. at one
2: point in this show, producer Bron's been sitting around. She's just hoping that Matt O'Kind's head pops out of one of those costumes on The Mask Singer. <laughs> oh, sure. We cannot wait to, um, yeah, have a little look-see at that. It should be good times. See you Sunday, Matt. Oops! <laughs> <laughs> Well, Matt, at the end of the week, we like to get out the old paint scraper and uh, get down the bottom of the vegetable drawer, come up with a few of the correspondence you've given us across the week because some of this stuff, way too good to leave and uh, scrape into the bin. We're going to mulch it, we're going to recycle
1: it, and we're going to serve it up to you right now. Um, First up, Joel. Yeah, that's right. Joel said something to add to your rant about trolleys. Uh, When you finally find a park and someone's left a trolley in the parking bay. Yep, that'll Uh. do it. It's just gone. It's just gone full blown walkabout and just rolled its way into. Actually, do you know what happens? So this happened to me. Okay, so there was a random trolley in the near my park. Yep. Okay. Now I wasn't sure whether I'd hit it. I, I was getting close. I was inching it away. So then a lady walking past sees that my car is almost hitting it, moves the trolley away from my car. Okay.
2: Good Samaritan. And keeps
1: walking. I get out of my car the car behind me diagonally behind me gets hit by a trolley. It's the trolley that the lady's moved. She's moved it and then, I then just it pushed subsequently it away has, and walked off. And, yeah, and then it started to roll and hit another car.
2: Oh, and so the man. driver of the
1: car gets out and goes, "You all right, man?" And to I'm you. i like, "Yeah, and I'm like, "What?" He goes, "Did your trolley just hit my car?" And I was like, "I, I didn't I don't know what. What happened? That's not my trolley. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, it wasn't my trolley. It was moved on my behalf. I'm just I'm just getting out of my car. No, I'm I'm just waiting for a mate.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Goodness me. All right. Well, always leave a trolley as you found it, or otherwise you could end up in a tough situation. Maddie has also sent us a text saying, I kid you not, on my morning walk this morning, catching up on the podcast, the exact moment you guys were discussing where's Wally making unexplained appearances in the city of Darabin. Who do I cross paths with? None other than Mr. Wally himself.
1: Side note, I'm in Melbourne's Whitehorse City Council. But there you go, Wally. Got burning ears. Yeah, well, Carly texted and said, "There's where's Wally cutouts all over Canberra too? The plot thickens.
2: Where's Wizard Waldo when you need him as well? Uh, Isabella, I'm dying of laughter at the episode about Alex's Sims drama. Could someone please address with Alex, he hates all Bachelor franchises but is so saucy and recounts the Sims drama, I think he secretly loves it. Look, when you're the puppet master, it is a a whole whole lot different when you can play Um, Cupid uh, in all the inappropriate situations, it's, um, it's something different.
1: Yeah, and look, and we asked you, what have you recently learned? And this is a classic one. I mean, people are always finding it out. But uh, Jackson said, all intents and purposes, the saying, as opposed to what he thought thought it was, which was all intensive purposes. Uh, so, I mean, we, we, I would have been in my 20s before I learned that it was all intents and purposes. Yeah, bohemian. At least
2: bohemian but, yeah bohemian that was like rhapsody. two weeks ago i was like wait
1: hold on bohemian bohemian wow um and we've got erica on the phone as well uh, when we we're chatting about when is a joke not landed because my friend said boys did you hear about the boy there was a kidnapping at state high and we all went what and then he went to sleep and woke up the next day and said oh i forgot to tell the punchline which is he woke up um so erica what was your joke that didn't land it wasn't
4: my joke. It was my husband's joke that didn't land. I was pregnant with twins and my husband plotted this terrible, I think it was terrible dad joke and he held on to it for the whole of my eight and a half months pregnancy.
2: So his, his joke was gestating for as long as your <laughs> twins were basically. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yes, pretty much. And he was like, "I, it's going to rock the house. It's going to be the best thing you've ever heard. I was like, okay. So he was pre-warning
2: so. everyone yeah. that there's going to be a joke coming up. Forget <laughs> yeah. the tears. Yeah. You wait for a beautiful bouncing punchline. Yeah. yeah,
4: yeah. And he was he couldn't wait to say it. Anyway, so I get, I had a C section. I sadly had, it was like bleeding out. So they had to whisk away the twins and my husband before you could say this joke. And he decided, okay. Even though my wife's not here, I'll say it in front of the nurses while they're swaddling the babies. And he's like... So the babies are off.
2: His wife's just been cut open. They're (laughs) all out of the room. You've got a couple of nurses at the end of their shift, unsuspecting, (laughs) waiting there. He turns to them. What does he say? He
4: says, oh, yeah, swaddle them, make them womb temperature. (laughs) And he was like, he was so proud of himself in that moment, and they just looked at him, like, what? And he's like yeah, womb temperature, and they make didn't the baby's laugh. womb
2: temperature. Yeah,
4: they they didn't laugh at all, and he was so like perplexed, like, this is hilarious. Why are you not laughing? And it just didn't land, and he was so sad after like eight and a half months of waiting for this joke to come out.
1: Oh, well, yeah. you know what you've got to do now, Erica. <laughs> what? Another baby. I mean, you, you know, you got to give him another chance. You don't just stop after your first gig. <laughs> you've got <to> keep going. <laughs> Yeah. Just,
4: I kind of don't want another set of twins. I'm terrified.
1: He's the ultimate prop comic. <laughs> <laughs> like, just tell him his jokes have womb for improvements.
2: Uh, um, oh, my God, I should have used that one. <laughs> yeah, come, up with a, come up with a comeback next time as well. That'd be yeah. perfect there, Erica. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so okay. much for chatting to us. We'll catch no you worries. later.
1: Thank you so much. Bye. And thank you for listening to Matt and Alex's podcast again for another week. God, we always have fun and we really enjoy your company and everything you have to say. So keep in touch with us at matt.m. Alex Look, if you need a hand, alright.
2: If you like Erica's partner and you've got an idea for a joke, okay, that is gonna bomb, don't just don't just go it alone, all right? Let us know. We'll help workshop it. We don't want another failure like that. So please tell us what it is. Tell us the circumstances. We're going to try and make sure it slaps. All right. We don't want another absolute disaster in the uh, in the hospital. Yeah, maybe,
1: maybe you've got a you know a wedding that you've got to MC. Uh, you've got the twenty yeah. first birthday or something. You know your dad's fiftieth. We'll sort you with the opening line. You've just got to give us a few details. Yeah,
2: exactly right. Get in touch, please, Matt.and.Alex. Now,
1: look, to leave you today, we thought we'd uh, leave you with a little bit of audio, which was from a press conference held by the Trinidad and Tobago Health Minister, Terence Dale Singer, um, who was discussing the matters that Nicki Minaj, the famous Trinidad-born rapper, brought up. Uh, shared with her 22.6 million fans online about her cousin's <sighs> friend's <laughs> swollen testicles.
2: Which he claimed was from the vaccine. Suddenly that goes out to 26 million people. Tens of millions more hear it via news services and reports and memes and all that sort of stuff. A lot and of so- questions <laughs>
1: asked and here are the answers. <laughs> so there was a
2: forced response from the Trinidad and Tobago Health Minister, this is what they had to say. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to All Day Breakfast. Bye-bye. One of the reasons we could not respond
3: yesterday in real time to Miss Minaj is that we had to check and make sure that what she was claiming was either true or false. Unfortunately, we wasted so much time yesterday running down this false claim (laughs) because we take all these claims seriously, whether it's on social media or mainstream media. As we stand now, there is absolutely no reported such side effect or adverse event of testicular swelling in Trinidad, or I dare say, Dr. Hines, anywhere else. None that we know of of anywhere (laughs) else in the world.
2: There you go. The engorged balls. Of Nicki Minaj's cousins, <laughs> friends, <laughs>
1: international news. <laughs> we wish you and your balls a great weekend. Good luck. Bye.
4: That's it. The all day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alice.
1: I'll be black.
4: Listener.